0: and welcome back to the Fan Fiction Tapes. Uh, I'm your host today, Maya, and I am joined by...
1: Dylan! Hello! Co-host Dylan, back again,
2: once again.
3: I'm Elizabeth, uh, guest today.
2: And as always, I am our producer, Ian. Today's topic, uh,
0: and also title of the episode, Fantastic Relationships and Where to Find Them. Yeah, we mostly did the title for the joke. Um is we're talking all about relationships today and that is in fact the theme for this month is relationships. We'll be getting more into some of that uh, later on in the month. Today is kind of more of a broad overview. So I guess to start things off given that it's entirely possible we have listeners tuning in who don't necessarily know all about this There are a lot of different types of relationships. Most of what we'll be talking about today are romantic and platonic ones. However, there are more than just those two types. Uh, In fact, I believe those two types get their name from a dissertation on the various types of love by Plato.
2: I I think that's where the name platonic comes from, at least. Yes. Maybe.
3: The history of the word romantic is significantly more convoluted. At least when it pertains to romance in the modern term.
0: So I guess to start off, what do each of those words mean? That should probably be something we're introducing. Um, And romantic, usually when an author brings up a relationship or when you're talking about a relationship in media, romantic is what most people think of. It is, well, a romance very good
1: explanation. Romantic uh, relationships are a romance typically between two people, sometimes more. Very exciting.
3: <laughs> Who might one might call romantic partners, I suppose.
0: Yeah. That would be one way of putting it, but it's when someone thinks of a girlfriend or a boyfriend, typically that means That would be romance. Um, Not necessarily sexual activity, but they're close. You know, hugging, kissing, that type of stuff is typical, but not necessarily a requirement. Uh, A lot of these things have a lot of gray areas, uh, as I think we'll get into quite a few times over the month. And then platonic is your friends, right? Uh, People who are close to you, um, but you don't necessarily want to get romantically involved with. So think your best friend would be someone who you might feel platonic love for.
1: Hey, is it wrong to, you know, not, not romantically be involved with your homies? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, okay? Kiss your homies every once in a while. They deserve it. They have to deal with you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: with tongue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, when we talk about... Romantic relationships, those have been, you know, the cornerstone of, like, any sort of written literature or, written or even oral stories forever. Like, you go back and looking any sort of uh, story from ancient times, there's always about, uh, you know, some sort of relationship, usually romantic. Uh, platonic ones in, like, ancient times, I don't think we see as often. Usually oh, we do. Usually there we are do. lots
3: there are lots of ancient, like, epics about bosom buddies, but <laughs> then again, it is up to interpretation as to whether they're bosom buddies or, uh, bosom buddies, if you catch my drift.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why I I, I don't say this very platonic, because I think most of them is up to the interpretation of who's reading it, going, yeah, this is kind of, uh, <laughs> homie-kissing, um. Uh, and also, a lot of, you know, stories back then
0: I feel are overly brutal. Most guys are just killing each other. <laughs> that's what I find, too. Also, like, what we understand as romance and what we understand is more platonic behavior changes uh, between times and cultures. So- yes,
3: that's something I wanted to bring up, but that's that's so, so, so important. Like, it, it varies so much from culture to culture.
0: Yeah, what what looks romantic to you might not look romantic to me. Even if we just go for,
1: like, look at the last century and how um, many romantic relationships were presented in uh, animated movies, like if we look at Disney, it's like, this guy found a woman sleeping in the woods (laughs) and kissed her. Like, (laughs) what? That's creepy as (laughs) f***. Yeah, that's that's wild, bruv. (laughs) No one was consenting there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but if we look at many relationships back then, it's especially, it's mostly women getting saved and feeling obliged to romantically like their savior and whatever. And honestly, it might have damaged a a lot of men's perceptions of how to get romantically involved. Problematic romance is right there, everyone. Yeah. Because when I think of a romance, I think it's important to put both partners on equal footing. In oh some absolutely. sort of fashion? Because otherwise, well it feels weird. Uh, <laughs> you know, and some would say that romance is one side is, you know, the dominant one and the other one is just being used by the other. But I, I think disagree. those
3: types of stories can be compelling in in themselves, but I don't necessarily think they constitute a quote unquote healthy romance if you apply those standards to real life.
1: Oh, definitely not.
3: <laughs> I know I've read many of. Up story where so and so is using another person just to like have emotional satisfaction or whatever, and the other person is yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. we all read fanfic. We we've all read probably some messed up stuff at some point. I should hope so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Otherwise, what am I doing on a podcast with a bunch of Puritans? <laughs>
1: And uh, another thing is when we look at the most successful fanfics, they are mostly all based in some sort of romantic ship, you know, based on a relationship that is likely either not canon to whatever medium it's coming from and story, or uh, a sort of underdeveloped relationship. I mean, we all know that we're uh, from the Ruby fan fan <laughs> No <laughs> underdeveloped relationships are uh,
0: a cup and tea. And that might be a you problem, but I like Katerina. I get plenty <laughs> of the good shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're lucky. God, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna mention something, uh, and then it completely trailed off.
1: Uh, well, do you want to talk to me about romantic and
0: platonic relationships you enjoy, or do you have more? That things? is actually a really good segue. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had realized it was a good segue before you had to slap me in the face with it. <laughs> talk about romantic and platonic relationships we enjoy um, in
3: fiction or in real life. I'm assuming this is mostly fiction.
0: Mostly fiction, yeah. yeah. <laughs> real
3: life shipping
2: <laughs> fringe
3: I mean I've read some RPF in my time oh, but of I'm not going yeah. <laughs> to
1: <laughs> so Maya what's your favorite romantic and platonic relationship to enjoy any of the standouts Ooh,
0: that's, that's a hard one um, because I'm in like Four or five fandoms with some really great ships. Um,
1: I, I'm going to shoot you right up a fandom. I know you're involved, in. T- t- tell me about your arcane,
0: platonic, and romantic relationships. Okay. Arcane? Big romance right off the bat, Kate Vi. I... Surprise, surprise to everyone who knows me. Oh, but for platonic, for arcane, that's a little hard, actually. Um, I mean, people who would watch arcane would definitely say
1: Jason Victor. Uh, I wouldn't say that for platonic, but okay. I mean, go some on. people would. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how deep in the ship you are. <laughs> but it's yeah. definitely one of the ones you could, as a strong, you know, relationship of you know, found sort of brotherhood and uh, you know, professional partnerships. But of course, as shipping exists, we can easily also turn that and change the subtext into something more romantic.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely ship um those two in a polycule with uh Mel and Sky. <laughs> uh but for platonic for Arcane, actually, I like Jason Caitlin. That is definitely one I can see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I don't think that relationship's necessarily going to go um to healthy places in the show, uh, but you know, that's the nature of the show. But it is also something I kind of like, um, where you have kind of the found siblings. Another one is uh, Echo and Vi. Yeah, yeah, and also found siblings.
1: (laughs) Seems like a big theme in that show. It's almost as like found siblings and siblings have a big theme.
0: (laughs) Jay Wiz, sure would be shocking if found family was a trope. (laughs) Uh, Elizabeth do you
3: have any you like I have way too many to list entirely in this podcast but I've got a whole bunch of them Um, in terms of romantic relationships the one that immediately sprang to mind just because I'm on a kill to kill like binge or not a binge but I've been thinking about the anime kill to kill today Um, uh, Ryuko and Mako from kill to kill is like one that I really enjoy Uh, the ship Ryu Ryu Mako. It's it's really wholesome, it's really supportive. Those two are just so goddamn adorable together, they are so cute. And like they like Mako is just like Ryuko's like hype woman and supports her like all the way. And Mako's family, like, basically adopts Ryuko. And then Ryuko, like is I mean, she's she's a she's an edgy. She's basically what if Shadow the Hedgehog were an anime girl? But um, <laughs> no, she is. You've seen her color scheme. She's basically yeah. Shadow the Hedgehog, but she's like, but she's, she, she's, she's got a good heart. She protects, she helps Maka. She fights alongside her. She, she's just a total badass. And she, she is, those two are just absolute <laughs> G's together. But, um, and that's a, that, I guess that's an example of like a wholesome or supportive relationship that I can think of. One that's more, like, uh, um, one that I've engaged with media in is, like, that's more codependent and not really healthy at all, really. But, like, one that I... It's, like, my fantasy for them, my again, is, like, they both get therapy. And it's what I want for them is, um from the Animani on Genesis Evangelion, Ritsuko and Misato. Those two, mm-hmm. like, those two give off massive, like, amicable exes, half-amicable exes energy in the show. Uh, And due to the circumstances of the anime, nobody's really mentally healthy at all. If you've seen Ava, you you know that everyone needs a therapist. Everyone. Um, And so, like, I kind of like the idea of them, like, sort of being... Like, having a complicated relationship with each other, which makes for some really interesting like fan fiction and fan art like premises like it can be very angsty it can be very like it can evoke a whole lot of like complicated and ambiguous feelings which i really like and then an example of a platonic relationship i really like and this might i don't know how many of you have seen the movie your name or kimi no nawa
2: yes i
3: really prefer some people interpret taki and Mitsuha's relationship as romantic but i really don't I think it's something deeper than romantic. I really think it is some. It is, but then again, it's like platonic isn't even the, quite the right word. But it's it it captures it better than romantic because the 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 bond they share is so utterly intimate that it it's calling it romantic f- feels shallow and reductive because they've literally walked a mile in each other's shoes. I'm not going to spoil too much of the movie if you haven't seen it, but it's those two, like, they, they have a very, very, very close kinship by the end of it, and I think that is something really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I have seen uh, none of those, and I actually have to admit, I confused Kill la Kill and Neon Genesis um,
3: <laughs> for a while, <laughs> while fair. during that I conversation. Mean, a lot of the same folks <laughs> worked on them, so, like, it, yeah, Trigger's the successor to Gainax in most ways. Come
1: so, on, Maya, even I've seen <laughs> your name,
0: and I'm me. I'm
1: an anime newbie.
0: <laughs> I bet really the only anime I've watched is, um... Full Alchemist. Fullmetal Alchemist, uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, and Ruby. Oh, come on, Ruby.
1: If you
3: I'm ever coming. want any anime recommendations, I will be happy to oblige. I have watched like a hundred and thirty, hundred and forty anime so far.
0: That's a lot, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> or at least in terms of might. separate
3: titles on my anime list, which is like a hundred different properties, I guess.
0: Yeah. Or so. Um, I am Legend of the Galactic Heroes is gonna take me probably a good chunk of twenty twenty
3: three. The original, or the the reboot, or the the remake.
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Is it old? Does it have, like, 70s animation or 80s animation? Oh, it's old. Yeah, it's definitely old. Okay, yeah, that that one's long. That one is, from what I understand, the original Legends of the Galactic Heroes anime is long.
0: Yeah, it's very long. uh, And at first it definitely seemed like it was mostly filler, but it's... It seems like that the first three episodes, and then it's very clearly
3: not. Are there any uh, ships from that romantic or platonic that you gravitate towards? Oh,
0: yeah, um... (laughs) I'm just trying to remember their names, which is... <laughs> uh, it's been a few weeks since I watched it because I've been distracted by Vox Machina, uh, Graham and his lieutenant. Or, his lieutenant's the wrong word, but his, his right-hand man. Those uh. two.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know any of the characters' names, so I'll be real with you.
0: Uh, uh, I've not
3: watched it yet. If you've watched
0: it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, sorry to everyone okay. else, but... <laughs> Those two, I definitely would love to see romantic content with them.
2: Mm, They're I love both that a shit. little
0: damaged, and it's great.
1: <laughs> That's always a good sign, you know? <laughs> um, for me, personally, uh, I consume a wide range of media, you know, and have done so throughout my life. But my main shipping mainly comes through in Fire Emblem. As uh, Especially more recent ones, starting with Awakening Onward. Though I have played all the old ones. I own every uh, Western release Fire Emblem. I'm a special boy. And uh, for those games, looking at ships, I love from Path Radiance and Radiant Dawn, I love both of Ike's ships, Ike and Sauron and Ike and Renolf. It's just so awesome that this this game has... It's, Ike, as a character, he's like, "Be gone, woman! I want these cute boys to be my end pairings. And I'm like, "It's so subtle that, that he's gay, but and you don't know this, uh, but uh, because obviously those games didn't sell really well, so it's not known. While Ike is a big character in the Fire Emblem fandom, it's mostly from other sort of media, you know, through his appearance in Smash Brothers, his appearances <laughs> that's the only in other, that's other games. With him, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in his games, it's pretty clear this this bro is into dudes, <laughs> and I, I just love both his relationships, especially his relationship with Sauron. They have a special conversation at the uh, final chapter of the game, and it's like very complicated to get. You have to get an a support with them in the previous game transfer your data over to the second game, I believe, and then get them to a full support there. It might even involve getting some boss conversations, which is very hard in Radiant Dawn. But doing all this uh, gets you a very emotional scene of, uh, you know, Soren, Ike's best friend, breaking down in Ike's arms. And Ike is a big buff guy, and Soren's this little wind mage. It's very cute. And something is such a, you know, uh, if I were you know mm. a, a trope to him, he's such a tsundere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it! Big, buff, kind guy who wants to end racism and his tsundere
0: tactician. <laughs> Alright, well I guess uh, we should probably start to transition to this next topic before we eat up too much time on this. Um, elements of re- The elements of relationships that we like, like what about these relationships makes us enjoy them? We've kind of mentioned a few of this off-topic, but, like, what's something that's always a, just we a sucker for? Uh, for me, I'll start off on this one.
1: I always love the, these two people are very different, <laughs> but just sort of connect in a way. Have a, one thing they agree on or a moment that connects them. You know, I always like that. And when it comes to my own sort of stuff, that's typically the angle I go for. Uh, is two people in very different histories and everything, but they connect, and you can see that in like a lot of relationships. Like, if we talk about Arcane again, uh, Vi and Caitlyn, completely different lives, completely different experiences of people, yeah. but they just connect. It takes that, you know, they want adventure together and they they connect. And there's a joke in there <laughs> about how, you know. Lesbians start dating. you better get the moving truck.) <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take long for them. Uh, yes. But yeah, that's really my favorite type of el- element is people who have very different uh, connections to one another, uh, and how that molds
0: together. It's great.
3: Valid. I have been there.
0: <laughs> I'm a big sucker for enemies to lovers. It's a little basic, but stuff like that, where it's similar to what Dylan was said, where they're kind of, they're from very different backgrounds, or even if they are from the same background, but, you know, completely f***ing hate each other. Um, no offense. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to make the reference, I had to. Um, it's... Their relationship is a little bit more complicated. There's more to strings to play with, so to speak. Um, and also, it's just more fun, because it's... Who do you really understand better than someone who you utterly despise? Actually, usually in a lot of cases like that, you don't understand them at all. But this is fiction, not real life.
1: So, uh, when we talk about that, yeah, <laughs> they are actually some examples, and like, if you look at modern media, like, uh, I believe the Hannibal TV show went down that direction, didn't it? Did it? I haven't seen it. No, I, I don't watch sure TV did. anymore. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it ended uh, around something like that, because uh, it takes in in- uh, obviously, inspiration from the novels, and in the novels it obviously... Uh, uh, I believe the female lead from Signs of the Lambs
3: Jodie Foster's character uh, in that 80s movie uh,
1: ends up with Hannibal Lecter in some sort of way but they took that element and replaced it with the first detective who uh, gets involved with Lecter in the Red Dragon stories and uh, in the TV show uh, Hannibal, I believe they have them instead uh,
0: for that story in a a men loving men (laughs) way Wacky. I only ever watched uh, Silence of the Lambs and didn't like it for easily guessable reasons.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I can totally understand that. Uh, But obviously a lot of those elements, I believe, are probably removed in the Hannibal TV show uh, because they're entirely different time. And it's more modern. (laughs) Mm.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't really watch much TV anymore, so I can't comment on that. Um... Someone buy my uh, TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, the only TV show I keep up with is like The Owl House, which actually also has elements of uh, enemies to lovers, because uh, the main ship of the show, early on, they really don't like each other. But they really don't. Yeah. I'm not certain if everyone here has seen it, so I'm trying to. Avoid spoilies, but
3: I haven't seen it. Uh,
0: Elizabeth, do you have um, any elements you prefer?
3: There's not actually a whole lot of elements in relationships that I can really boil stuff down to. Like it, it, it there's not really a pattern. <laughs> for so far as I can see, <laughs> it differs from relationship to relationship. It's mostly like, can I identify parts of myself in this character or both of these characters? And so it's difficult to, like, boil it all down to, like, this trope or this scenario. But I guess some patterns that I have are, like, tragic romances or tragic relationships that are averted, I guess. Or if they're, like, tragic in canon or if they they have sort of a a tragic element in canon, I like sort of, like, turning, like, or something like that in fan. Creations, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. That I, I get that.
3: But apart from that, it's highly dependent on, um, on uh, the, uh, the the situation.
2: Uh, and do you want to chime in as well? I don't know. I I also don't really have a particular pattern to uh, relationships that that I enjoy. Um, if it's like. If it's entertaining to read or watch, I like it. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, or if it's uh, dramatic, I also like it. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: I know exactly what you're referencing.
3: What would that reference be for those not- Oh, Oh.
0: yeah, shame of the class. Okay. Uh. Last episode uh, was all about the book Gideon the Ninth, um, uh, which is a book very near and dear to uh, Ian and I, and um,
2: uh, dramatic
0: about covers it.
2: Yeah, we're both some we're both suffering from locked tomb brain rot currently. Understandable,
3: yeah. totally, totally understandable.
2: There are there are several dramatic relationships in in that series, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really elaborate without.
0: Getting way off track Um Well I believe we've gotten Tangented enough probably Uh And we've all kind of talked some about Relations Elements of relationships we like Now Advice For writing relationships And we're gonna kind of Split this into chunks Um First up Advice About writing romantic relationships Mm.
2: I got nothing here, so I'm gonna leave it to uh, you guys. Yeah, um,
0: this is actually a hard area for me because I haven't really had any.
3: Neither have I, but I've written a couple.
0: <laughs> and a lot of my writing, I'm actually usually too scared to go into maintaining a long term relationship. But
3: oh, just. I mean, most most romantic fiction is really about the the mute, keep, meet cute and the development anyway, or like. So, it tends to be like at least in fan fiction, not a lot of authors seem to go for like established relationships.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to pull based on from friends who do go that far, what they do.
2: I think that is a reason a lot of people get into uh, writing fan fiction to begin with.
0: Well, yeah,
1: you see like a few characters who don't, in your opinion, get enough between them and you're like, oh, but can we do a bit more with this? And, oh, I really like their interactions. What when they they interacted more? And that's the push for fan fiction. Uh, so as someone who attempts to write romantic fan fiction and is a total um, uh, naughty word for uh, romance, <laughs> uh, I personally am a very big proponent of the slow burn. <laughs> Same. Just long, drawn-out, let's... Mm, like, uh, I'm currently planning uh, like a series or something, an original stuff. And I was like, okay, uh, book one is all about this. Book two, I introduce the relationship character. So we now have both of them in there. Uh, <laughs> book three will do this. And then book four will start... <laughs> We'll start the relationship. Yeah, four bucks to start it. That sounds good, out of seven.
0: <laughs> I, I was like, that's enough slow burn for me. <laughs> I like slow burn. I can't write it because I'm just too weak. I, I'll i be like, mm, yes, I will do slow burn this week. time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start doing it, and then I'll just give in, like, before I even really start to slow burn things, and I'll be like... Damn it, not again. Uh, A thing that I think I have the advantage for here uh,
1: is I was in an online relationship for quite a long time, uh, so most of my interactions were over text form, and um, that has helped me build up quite the, uh, as I would describe it, text flirtiness. So writing uh, any sort of flirtations in text is really fun for me (laughs) and gives me a sense of wage and nostalgia. And using that, I think I can develop relationships pretty well in terms of flirtations. And it's always really fun for me, especially teasing, jokes, just like, you know. <laughs> and also, uh, just another thing I do is once the relationship is in, one or both completely adore each other, and I have so much fun doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I... um. I have no idea how to write flirting. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely something where yeah. I'm, like I'm, gonna
1: get you, uh, I'm gonna get you on some romance anime, how about that? We'll figure stuff out there.
0: <laughs> that might help. It might not.
1: <laughs> Expand your horizons. <laughs> it can only help you in writing.
0: <laughs> that's true. Uh, sorry, go ahead.
3: Oh, it's just uh I haven't um I have not written any actual long fic things. It, everything in my sort of fan fiction writing output has more or less just been either one shots. Like in terms of fan fiction, written fan fiction, I've uh, pretty much just done like short stories or m- moments in say like an established relationship or like the the meet cute or whatever. But so I don't know. I can only speak to that.
0: Yes. Same here. I've, I don't think I've done anything, any single thing over about 10,000 words. Um, so I, yeah, pretty short limit on a lot of my stuff. But I I think think those can be
3: valuable as well. Like it allows, it's sort of a, a particularly vivid moment in the, um, the reader's, uh, conception of the relationship in, beyond which they can sort of fill out their own, um, conception of that, or platonic relationship or whatever which i think i kind of like honestly because i don't think everything needs to be necessarily written i think a lot can be implied and a lot can be left up to the reader to um to extrapolate for themselves if that makes sense
1: so here's a question i want to pose to you guys though is since you obviously both don't have much experience writing from a reader's perspective, what are some things you often like seeing authors put in? And what elements uh, make you go, ew no?
3: <laughs> oh gosh. In terms of uh elements that made me go, ew no, uh like it has to be the the there's I mean, the tired trope of like the bullshit miscommunication Equals drama, kind of thing. Like miscommunications mm. can can generate compelling drama if they're handled well, but it's sort of a cheap source of conflict when when handled poorly.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that either. I wouldn't say it's an immediate you know for me, but
3: yeah, me. I'm not a fan of it. I do like when like when when both parties have to get navigate like societal norms that that like produce miscommunication they they sort of enforce miscommunication or lack of communication between the parties because of the strictures that circumscribe their um their speaking and communicate their um way of actually conveying stuff to each other like i'm thinking about the movie portrait of a lady on fire like oh my god so much is said in that movie by like gestures and words and like sometimes it's like you don't understand until like one of the parties just like implies something,
2: and then the a other party picks
3: up on it, and I love that sort of stuff. But that requires a sort of level of emotional intelligence on the part of both the reader and the um the characters as well, and the author. So it's just
0: a lot of emotional intelligence all around, um, <laughs> which is not always the case. Um, yep, there's definitely more than a few pieces of media I like where the prospective character or the characters involved in something do not have the requisite emotional intelligence for that. Uh. Example? Yeah, uh, the locked tomb, the main character, Gideon Nav.
3: Is a dumbass when it comes to um, relationships?
0: She's a dumbass in general, I think I can say safely. Yeah. But she's also, she's been a bit isolated, you could say.
3: I feel like that can be compelling in itself as well, because like, it makes for a like a highly sort of individualized character it's a strong character trait oh it's, and that it's, can it's very compelling. against other characters in a really interesting way
0: yes um it that definitely does happen
2: <laughs> uh,
1: if we are gonna talk about like things that we don't like in romantic relationship one thing that i'm sure we all can agree on that's not necessarily romantic but romantic tied is i hate the ultra super does nothing giga chat. <laughs> Typically, straight white male character who gets all the relationships. <laughs> There's a reason for that. It's mostly trash.
3: <laughs> there are some like anime that, that really f- do it well, and usually, like the guy in question has an element of cringe about him. I'm thinking of like Okabe Rintaro from Steins Gate, or like. Super, Natsuki Subaru from ReZero like they're compelling because they're cringe
1: yeah <laughs> they're my, not my, shads. Uh, my favorite anime is um Kaguya-sama Love is war <laughs> oh
0: my god <laughs> immediate sounds of pain
3: no 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 in good way I <laughs> love that too like, both of yeah. them are such dumbasses and Miyuki yeah. is like he's he's he is a Giga Chad in some ways, but he's also like not.
1: He tries to be a Giga Chad because that's the only way he sees himself being in a really, uh, in a relationship with Kaguya. True. <laughs> like, he's like, I must be the Giga Chad, otherwise I'm not good enough.
3: <laughs> but that's yeah. A, yeah. He's not naturally that way. He 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 pushes himself to be that way, and it's a it's a really compelling character trait.
0: Yeah, the only um male-female ships I have. um, If you try and characterize the male as a Chad in any way, you are characterizing him wrong.
3: Like, that stuff can only be done well, ironically, I guess. Like, for comedy's sake. It has to be, like, somewhat subverted.
0: Yeah. It's like, well, it's also because most of the male-female ships I like, the dude is almost always more than a bit dorky and a bit of a loser. In a good way. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking in particular Harry Dresden of the Dresden Files uh, and Palamides Sextus of the Locked Tomb and a little bit Percy Jackson of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I think that's it for yeah, all the actually male-female ships I ship.
1: So, uh, if we go along with that, how do you guys take to, uh, uh platonic relationship writing, as I because I imagine you guys have guys written some friendships or some, you know, <laughs> relationships between people not romantically involved.
0: Yeah, I've, I've written some. Um, and one thing I would say is don't be afraid to, one, let male and female characters be close, but not romantically involved. I love that shit. I love platonic male female relationships. Give me some more of that.
3: yes, oh um, my God. have any of you seen the t v show elementary uh no I, oh i have the, not I've
0: heard good things about it though
3: I, I only i think I watched like the first four seasons way back in the day, but yeah it's it's got a great example of that, and this isn't it's not even fan fiction. it's just like actual the t v show but like those the two Kind of fan fiction by nature. Well, it's, I mean, any Sherlock Holmes adaptation is going to be fan fiction. So, like, technically, but it's only fan fiction in the way that, like, Dante's Divine Comedy is fan fiction. It's officially sanctioned, so.
0: Well, that's better than being fan fiction in the sense that uh, Fifty Shades is fan fiction, I suppose. Oh, God! (laughs) (laughs) the the bad fan fiction of romantic... (laughs) Yeah, things not to do. All of Fifty Shades.
1: <laughs> I listened to a YouTuber read some experts out of it. It wasn't Fifty Shades, but it was another Yale James book. Oh my god. What are the What has
3: she written besides Fifty Shades? What's it it like... was
1: one about a guy who... Okay. <laughs> it was a guy who's not only is he boinking his dead brother's wife after he just died, then he's also boinking his, uh po- like, I think she was Polish maid who can barely speak English. E.L. James has a thing for women who can ba- barely cope being taken by very rich men.
0: And it's predatory, and I don't like it.
3: <laughs> Oof, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um Another thing I will never read.
3: Understandable.
0: Have a nice day. Yeah, something else I like with platonic relationships, and something that is, I think, really underdone, is the kind of straight man, funny man um, comedy dynamic. Something I really like, and I don't think I see enough of, of someone who's just ridiculous, basically comic relief, and is best friends with the Super Serious. I love that. Not not
1: to make a uh, D&D comparison... Uh, but uh, recently I've been playing a lot in our, one of our campaigns, Maya, and I feel like my character ha- and your character have been doing that quite a bit.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I think uh, Nye and Ash are developing a very interesting... We are both uh, magic users? I don't know what I'm doing, and you're a wizard,
0: help me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little bit both... We're a little traumatized, but... it also doesn't help the knife burn like
1: every
2: other party member they hate him (laughs) Mm.
3: R.I.P
0: it's deserved
2: there's I think there's a little bit little bit of that that straight man funny man dynamic also in uh, the friendship between um, Harry Dresden and Michael Carpenter
0: oh absolutely
2: because you've got you've got Harry who's who's super snarky and sarcastic and then you have this this uh pure golden retriever of a man in michael
0: yeah he's um for those of you who aren't familiar uh with the series uh harry dresden is a perennially down on his luck um pi who also happens to be chicago's only practicing wizard or at least the only one oh. in yellow books yeah yellow only pages? openly
3: practicing yellow wizard. pages
0: yes that's what it was <laughs> well the yellow pages <laughs> Um, and Michael Carpenter is a Knight of the Cross is, I think, the term? Yeah. He's
3: a fucking Knight Templar?
0: Um, Uh, less of an asshole. Yeah. Okay. (sighs) Alright. Yeah. Um, he is probably, like, if you were to try and describe morality on a flat spectrum, which is already a challenge, um... Michael Carpenter is probably like morally the best person.
3: Nice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but that
0: that has its
3: problems. <laughs> yeah. There's something also that I want to say about uh platonic relationships in uh in fiction versus rom- not versus romantic relationships, but there are like certain things that I like to see and read in fiction about like platonic relationships, potentially developing into romantic relationships, AKA, I guess one might know it as the quote unquote friends to lovers trope or scenario. But at the same time, I think, I don't know. It's just something I like, but then also there's, I think there's something to be said for, uh, for stuff that is ambiguous between platonic and romantic relationships. It's like neither party quite knows where it falls, and I like that sort of tension and ambiguity of, like, wait, are we friends? Are we more than friends? Yeah, or that's... is does this have to be, quote-unquote, more than friends? Is this just sort of a special relationship that doesn't quite fall into anything?
0: That's actually a really good point and reminds me of something I did want to mention. Don't necessarily try to fit relationships into... V- just these two boxes or into any amount of boxes. Although if you have like a hundred boxes, you might do a little bit better than just if you have two boxes because, well, real life is messy. Um, Yeah. And
3: each, each person, I mean, each character, assuming characters are well-written, they're like as, as individual and as specific as people. And each relationship between characters, just like each relationship between, between individual people is going to be like, I mean, it's going to be a special snowflake. It's going to be one of a kind. Yeah,
0: really the only great way you could categorize people is if you had about 15 billion boxes. At the time of recording, I think Earth's population is around 8 billion. So each
3: person falls into two boxes by themselves.
0: Yep. It's- can, can I get an extra bra
1: box? <laughs> I broke mine.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Categorizing things, um, as much as we humans love to do it, Often doesn't work very well, and that actually kind of is a decent segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about, because while most of us here on the show are queer, we understand that that's not true of everyone on the internet. Hello, I am the (laughs) non-queer.
3: We're ganging up on you.
0: (laughs) So something I wanted to mention was advice for non-queer writers who want to write queer relationships or who are afraid to, because it is probably a bit scary and there is some degree to which it should be, but that shouldn't stop you from being inclusive with your writing.
3: I think the most important thing personally is just to treat the characters like human goddamn beings.
0: Yeah. Also something important is to do your research and to, not just do research, but to understand us as human beings, like Elizabeth said. Because, I mean, really, that's the nitty-gritty of it, is we're people. Um, and we won't necessarily fall into the same boxes as the cis het norm uh, might insist on their being in a relationship.
3: Right. There's, like, I mean, there is some somewhat of a tendency in, like slash fic i guess for like oh so and so's the top so and so's the bottom uh and like that that can it's not necessarily that that's necessarily like a bad thing because that does occur in some real life relationships but also it's 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 necessary it's necessarily reductive and so like that's why you have like subcategories i mean if you want to subcategorize 15 billion ways like you said it's like You have the bratty bottoms, you have the service tops, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like, it's, there's lots of different, there's lots of different ways. And I think uh, getting a handle on writing queer relationships requires at least reading lots of well-written queer relationships just to internalize the kinds of things that, that other writers do well. I mean, yeah, to be able to become a better writer, just read.
0: Yeah, um <laughs> basic pro tip of writing, read. <laughs> yeah, that's actually something I hadn't thought of Elizabeth was go see how queer people write ourselves. See what we do. Because
3: because not every queer person is going to be the same as like some yeah. like, archetype or whatever. Like queer people are not a monolith.
0: Yeah, that's actually um one of my friends asked um in a server of trans people for or it's not just trans people but he asked a server he asked the trans population who know him well about advice for writing uh trans characters and that was was this uh, in TQN? Uh
3: no no this was elsewhere.
0: Oh okay. Uh, God if it was someone in there uh
3: if it had been tab he would have <laughs> I'm sorry never mind. It, if
0: it had been tab, I would have told them you already did it. Um <laughs> <laughs>
3: you've read his Mordred fic also?
0: Yes, it's good. Oh, It's, it's so, so good.
3: good. It's so good.
0: He refuses to believe me, but maybe that's because I'm a woman and I still haven't brought him his sandwich.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this joke for like five people.
0: Yeah, five oh, the people for us and the few randos from that server who listen.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I love Tab. Oh, he's great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's to your thing a guy, The guy who asked, or the person who asked the-
0: Yeah, he was asking for advice on writing trans people um, And this is a who I already Would have had faith in him doing a good job I've read his other work, he's a very good uh, Writer um, And he's very careful when he depicts Sensitive things um, It is Queer people aren't monoliths And also, just going And asking us, while well, at some point A necessary step Not Everyone you know who's queer will be comfortable or able to do that. Yeah, I think perhaps generalized online spaces such as um, R slash MTF for me. Uh, sorry. Might something? <laughs> yes, Reddit cringe. Um, <laughs> because that allows people to engage um, if they want to, which is a little bit different from just asking people you know. And you do definitely need to be mindful of the fact that not everyone is going to be able to tell you, hey, this is bad, this is good. There's no... There's a few wrong ways to do it, and there's no single right way to do it. There's definitely things you can do where almost any trans person will be able to go, you done duh.
1: Yeah. So uh, what I want to bring up is, just as uh, someone who does writing, uh, everything I've written... Uh, I don't know if this says something about me. <laughs> Maybe I'm not comfortable with writing male to female relationships, as I am women loving women, because that's fair. all my writing. <laughs> and I don't know what that says about me. Maybe it's because I don't like
3: writing male characters, because I'm male, and I'm like, fair. I don't want to write about Dylan. Because <laughs> you're like, I want to like get away. This is like more of escapism, I guess, yeah, from real life. Yeah, get away from Dylan. That's Fair. About. Let's talk about this other person and what they do, and they. That's like why romance. I read romance fix because I'm perpetually single. That the
0: same. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we are actually running probably over what we wanted to do on time. Hopefully, there's enough dead space to account for that. Well, we also do have some wrap stuff at the end. So, Ian, do we have anything in our mailbag on your end? Um,
2: we we do not yet. Um, again, if you if you want us to uh, to talk about something on the show um, for all 10 of you who listen, um, email us at the fan tapes at Gmail dot com um, or leave a comment on the YouTube video or a uh, a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Uh, we'll we'll see those. Um, on
3: Spotify,
2: we are yeah, on Spotify.
3: We're on, Sick.
0: We're on most major podcast platforms at this point. Although yeah. Google Podcasts is a week behind. F. Yeah, they're not, they're not quite a week behind, but they're like a few days. I think. All right. We are also on Twitter. You can add us there. Uh, we're at Fanfiction Tapes. We mostly, I mostly post about you know the episodes going up, but. Sometimes we do post other stuff there, and if you want to answer any of our challenges or prompts, answer it with the hashtag the fanfiction tapes. Uh, and if we like it, we'll see if we can get it into an episode. Speaking of uh, prompts and challenges, I have a challenge for our listeners this week: write a relationship you've never written before. Something like, uh, like a type of relationship. Um, if you've never really written a relationship that deals with the complexities of being in between that space between platonic and romantic, I think that now would be an excellent time to try doing that. Carol, write uh, a men-loving women fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> no you. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, something we kind of wanted to do throughout um, the month of February, because it is, at least here in the US, um, Black History Month, talk about works by black creators. Um, and I have one I'd like to talk about. I'm not done with it yet, unfortunately. I actually started it pretty recently after completely forgetting about it for, like, a year. Um, it was called, I believe, Legendborn. I'm actually pulling up it up on my phone right now. Yeah, Legendborn by Tracy Dion, uh, which is, if you're like me and you like urban fantasy might be up your alleyway. I've been really enjoying it so far. It also incorporates uh, a bit of Arthurian legends, which is actually how I heard about it. I heard about it through my um, Arthurian literature class um, a while ago, and it's really, really good. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, it deals a lot at the start with grief, which is it's heavy in um, sometimes, and I I'd imagine for folks who have dealt with that particular type of grief a little bit more directly. um, Fortunately, my parents are both still alive. It would hit a home. It's, it's well-written and something I look forward to reading more of when I'm not doing too much homework. All right. I think that is however uh, all the printer ink we have for
2: the day. Actually, actually, hang on, hang on a second before, before we go, I'd like to uh, invite our guests to share uh, any links or social media or works that you've done. I know you do uh, fan music. Do you have anything of that you'd like to share?
3: I've done a whole bunch of fan music, and I think that can count as fan fiction since it's got lyrics. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on uh, YouTube. Uh, my username's agogobell28. That's A-G-O-G-O-B-E-L-L-2-8. Look me up there. I've got mus- fan music for many things. A lot of the older stuff is Ruby related, but uh, I've also got Ghost in the Shell, Evangelion, uh, Serial Experiments Lane, and I'm currently working on a song, a fan song for the anime Vivi Fluoride Eyes song. And you can also find me on Tumblr at uh, karinta Unified. that's K-A-R-I-N-T-A dash A-G-O-G-O-B-E-L-L dash unified dot tumblr.com
0: Yeah, I believe we'll be able to put some links in our description. I'm so sorry. I completely forgot we do that. I thought about that halfway through the episode.
3: Totally fine. (laughs) Don't
0: worry about it. (laughs) I as it were. So I
2: am and have been Maya. I've been Dylan.
3: I've been Elizabeth.
2: And I've been Ian. We still don't have a proper outro. So, bye!